And this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ, the number one in deal finding, providing you with more than 45,000 leads every month. Again, everyone, this is the week two. Again, if ever you miss the week one, just let me know and I'll, be de I'll definitely send you an email to the link to the first week so you can catch up with our webinar. So let me give the floor now to Max and Martin. Hello, everyone. I'm Martin Chira and Max Chira here is my son. Can I say hi, Max? How's everybody doing tonight? Doing good. So I just want to first thank uh, Jeff and his team from Real Estate IQ for uh, being the, the host of this event. Um, look, during these pandemic times, uh, unfortunately, most of us are home, but at the same time, we should never stop being aggressive, persistent, committed, and motivated, especially in real estate. So when a company such as Real Estate IQ is providing a service and spending their time and efforts to do this, like Jeff said, it's all about getting attention, getting out there, networking and learning and experience and gaining knowledge from these type of webinars. And that's what it's all about. And I want to thank Jeff, your team and yourself for creating uh, this event. <clears throat> so with that said, this topic is about Rental 360 and Rental 360 in a lender's eyes, what we call permanent financing for one to four units. We're going to explain in this webinar the pros, the cons what to look out for, what not to look out for. Are you ready to, are you ready to be a landlord? Are you not ready to be a landlord and so forth? We're going to provide you with our knowledge and expertise. However, like always, please consult your legal attorney or anybody else that you need to consult with, because it's important that you have that, uh, that third party, uh, you know, service and knowledge as well too, but we're just here to give you our consultative approach. So I'm the owner of Express Capital Financing and my son Max happens to be the managing partner and director of sales. We're based out of Brooklyn, New York. We are hard money lenders and we're also a non-bank mortgage lender. So using other people's money is how you get a higher return on the investment and all your profits. Using someone else's money is not only safer, but it provides you with a larger ROI, which means a higher return on the investment with a lower risk. I'm always of the, of the comment and the philosophy, low deposit, low risk, high leverage, high return on the investment. The less you put down, there's going to be a greater return on the investments and the greater uh, cash flow of your properties, which we're going to explain to you now. Um, so you can go to the next page. But I'm, before I start talking about this, I just want to say, folks, the, the one to four um, you know, investment strategies of owning properties is ever so greater. Fix and flips was great from 2008 until now, and it's going to be ever popular when the court opens up and the moratoriums are finished, hopefully in January, and it starts to open up. But owning investment properties is, is greater. Whether you're talking to a non-bank lender like us or an actual bank, they are so busy, unindated with files, whether people are looking to purchase, whether they're looking to refinance and why. They either want to cash out because cash is king. They want to utilize their money to buy more properties because they want to become landlords or there are landlords and they see a great opportunity during this uncertain time. So being a landlord, we're going to discuss the pros and the cons again, but I want to say that permanent financing, whether you're going through a bank or a non-bank like us, is ever so greater because again, the rates are low and being an owner, a landlord today is, is a great investment. So are you ready to be in an... Yeah. I just want to add one last thing. I'm sorry, but it's also really important right now, especially during uncertain times, 
Uh, and what I mean by uncertain times is that we're seeing right now a, a very unstable growth in a lot of markets. And we don't, we don't know what could happen with that, right? It could continue strong or it could potentially uh, slow down or go the other way. So it's important to also understand what your refinance options are so that you know what your backup strategy is. So right now, when you are investing in a, in a great market, but there is also a lot of risk, mm. mitigating by knowing you have two exits is ever so more important. Okay, thank you for that, Max. So is everybody here ready to be is ready to buy or purchase an investment property? The pros and cons of buying an investment property loans, what type of loans are there for investment properties, calculating debt service coverage ratio, which is very important to all lenders, whether you're dealing with a bank or a non-bank, we all, with permanent financing, it's all about the debt service. When it comes to hard money, it's all about the after repair value. So that's the difference. And then we're going to talk about how to calculate the return on the investment, because whatever dollars investment you're putting in, you want to make sure that it's working for you properly. And that's a return on the investments. And then ways to find real estate investment deals. And especially during this uncertain times with this pandemic that we're facing. The next page. I'm going to give you my own personal comment, by the way. You know, we're headed into recession. Some people say we're in it. Some people say we're headed into it. And whether we're here or not, recessions, millionaires are made. And unfortunate depression, billionaires are made. So whenever there's unstable markets or volatile markets, is the time to be buying, whether it's stocks and especially, especially real estate. So things to consider when you're looking to become a landlord. Are you financially stable? And that means by putting down the down payment. Also, can you carry any carrying costs if, for example, right now COVID and your tenants weren't paying you and you had mortgage payments? That's being financially stable also. The last thing you want to do is be behind or not even paying at all your mortgage lender. So you want to have be financially stable, whether it's putting down the down payment, uh, you know, covering mortgage, uh, covering some mortgage payments on a monthly basis. If God forbid there was a situation that arose, or maybe just you know an unfortunate uh, repair on a property that could be five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars that the cash flow is not covering it. Other things to consider being a landlord is the return on the investment. Is it there or not? You know, sometime, you know, years ago, some of my friends have bought properties strictly for the equity. They would buy a property for 260 because, you know, things were growing so rapidly years ago and they were just, you know, looking for the appreciation value in one year and the property made zero dollars. But unfortunately, they bought it in 2007 and everybody knows in 2008, the market crashed. So equity is not a good way to be buying properties. You should always be buying it with the intent of forced equity and, of course, cash flow. No cash flow. You should not be looking at a property. Do you have time to manage the property yourself or hire a property manager? And for the folks who don't know, property managers do take typically 10% of the rental income. Um, it may sound great and easy, but not every property manager um, is, is specialized in your area, your city. Um, not only are they good or not, but you have to be prepared to do your due diligence when you're hiring a property manager or doing it yourself. Do you have the time to take care of the property and do everything yourself to save that 10% on the property manager uh, that he takes. Like Max said about housing, pricing markets and trends, very important to understand this all. We're gonna try to go a little bit in depth on that. Um, and then do you buy yourself or do you buy with partners? Uh, look, that's your choice that you can make, but if you have a partner who has experience, I'm always of the, uh, of the um, 
of the experience. You can never buy experience. If you got somebody who's got experience, better to be 50% in with somebody who's experienced and knows what he's doing and make 50% of the profits than to be in it yourself and you know make a mistake or two. Not to say that a mistake or two is not as bad. I always say that they're learning curves. I even take out the word you know, um, you know, it's a mistake because every everything that we do incorrectly is just a learning curve to do better and improve ourselves in the next time. And then, of course, we always have to evaluate the property taxes and insurance on a, pro- on a property. Especially if you're renovating, because don't forget your property taxes could go up if you've significantly um, renovated the property. So, yeah, just to add to that, and that's a very good point you're saying. So if the folks that are rehabbing a property and you're looking to do the BRRRR, which is buy, repair, uh, refinance, excuse me, rent, refinance, repeat. If you're looking to do that and you're putting in 50000 or $100,000 into the property, your chances are that your taxes will go up because now you just increased the market value, the tax value, the tax rate, and all that in your county. So you have to put that into your equation. Um, so what's the pros and cons of being an investor? So the pros, the ability to use other people's money to invest. What's other people's money? That's going to be, again, either bank or your private lender. Hopefully that's us. Reducing volatile, volatility. And right now we're in that this volatile market. Do you want to be 100% into a deal and risk being 100% into the deal? Or would you rather have 20% into a deal? And if the market's so volatile as it is now, you only have a 20% risk. So not only is leverage greater because you're getting a high return on the investment, but you're put, when the less you put in, the less risk you have. Um, unparalleled tax, parallel tax benefits. What's the difference between a, a tax benefit on an income property versus being an income job? Well, ordinary income is taxed at a very high tax rate. If you're a landlord, it's called passive income, and passive income is a much lower tax bracket. And when you own an investment property, whatever you bought it for, it is deducted. It's a forced depreciation over 27 and a half years. So if you take a $100,000 purchase, $27,000 or 27, excuse me, 2,750 is deducted over the next 27 years. And it's forced. It's, It's a forced depreciation, which helps your cash flow even greater for your tax returns. So that's the tax benefits. It's passive income, it's a lower tax bracket, and you're getting a forced depreciation automatically taken over 27 and a half years. The appreciation potential, um, look, I've been an investor for about 30 years. I'm also a lender. A uh, typical increase in properties is anywhere from 5 to 10%. Great areas with strong, strong markets could be 15% and a low of 5 So I'm going to say 10%. So if you bought a property today at 100 grand and it went up 10%, 10,000 next year, and the year after year after it's going up 11,000, and the year after it's going up 15,000, it's a you know it's a forced appreciation as well. And why are we all into this as landlords for the cash flow, which equals a passive income? Passive income is the greatest thing that's out there for investment strategies. And you're able to leverage your assets over and over again, because in a few years, whatever equity that you built, you could, of course, leave it in there. But most investors, what they do is they continuously borrow against the equity, and then they buy more properties again. 
So it's about OPM, other people's money, and leveraging, leveraging, leveraging. So think about it. if you bought two properties now, and in five years they increase to a hundred grand, and you're able to refinance and pay off your existing liens, get a hundred thousand dollars of fresh money, not going into your pocket whatsoever, and buying another four more properties at twenty percent down. So that's why it's great to be a landlord and own, you know owning investment properties. <coughs> What's the cons of being a landlord? Well, you're going to have a steep learning curve if you're brand new in it. You may have to hire a property manager, and then you're going to have carrying costs and a possible exit. What's that possible exit? You just don't want to be a landlord. You, you want to sell it. Maybe it's in a different state. You always want to think of your exit in case, you know, in, in case, you know, you want to exit. Like, is the property going to increase in value next year? Where if I want to get out of this, then I could just, you know, come out with a few dollars. Am I going to lose money in the next few years? You want to have that exit clearly written on paper so you know what you're doing. And most importantly, I'm, um, I'm a investor. I'm an individual. If you have a strategy and a plan and you stick to it and you memorize it and you study it, you're going to commit to it. The only way you're going to commit to it is having it down on paper, studying it, committing to it, whether you want to buy one property a year or five properties a year. And this is going to be my plan where I'm going to increase, you know, to get more in my portfolio, more leverage and things like that. So again, just to repeat, what's the learning curve? Is it hard? Is it difficult? No, we could help you. We can give you some formulas. We could send you some things. Give us a call. We could discuss, you know, any questions that you may have um, when it comes to, you know, creating wealth and real estate. Also, just to touch on that learning curve, again, maybe you want to invest with a partner who's got the experience and maybe you guys got the money. So experience is key. It's not the money. It's the experience that's going to get you uh, to the maximum leverage and the maximum wealth retained. So what types of loans financing can investors get? So there's conventional and conventional means it's a bank. Uh, yes, their rates are lower. But if you're prepared to wait about 60 days to get a loan, then that's a conventional way to go. Uh, banks also, their amortizations are typically 20 to 25 years, typically, not all of them. And amortization, believe it or not, is the most important aspect of your loan. It is not the rate. Why do I say that? Because I want you guys to think about a car lease, the same car at one year is going to cost you, I don't know, let's say $100. That same car over four years is probably going to cost you $25. The same thing with a loan. Even though a loan may be for 4% uh, for at 20-year amortization, they're taking that loan amount with the interest, dividing it over 20 years. So with a non-bank like us and other non-bank lenders, we are 30-year amortization. We're probably going to be in a 6% range, but higher amortization means lower monthly patient uh, uh, lower monthly payments which equals cash flow and cash flow is what we're all in it in for so what is unconventional those are for the uh invest i'm not gonna say the word investors there's some more for the uh, homeowners who have a low credit score that qualify for the three and a half percent because they have a low income that's an unconventional loan so the conventional and the unconventional are not made for investors they're made for um home ownerships and again, the unconventional, 3.5% down, low income, low credit, but you're going to have something that's called PMI, private mortgage insurance. So whatever your payment is, its payment is going to be much higher because of that insurance to ensure the loan is not going to go into default because of your loan, low, loan, uh, low loan deposit amount. Then there's always hard money, private loans, which we do, and there are many other lenders out there. And for folks who don't know what private and hard money is, 
it's quick, it's easy, it's about the hard assets. So it's not a hard money loan, it is a hard asset loan. It's strictly about the asset. And when it comes to hard money, we're not looking at debt service, we're looking at uh, the after repair value is the most important factor. And of course, the exit along with the profits. Um, and those are for the people that just wanna do a flip or if you wanna do the burr, that's what hard money is all about. You could tap into your home equity to do investment properties. And think about it. If you have a home equity line of credit, you're probably going to get three or 4%. It's great. And you could use that money to put down your 20% down to acquire properties for permanent financing. And I just want to say, you know, some of my investors say, you know what, I'm going to go take my HELOC for the full amount of money. I'm getting 4% Marty and I don't need a non-bank lender for 6% but I'm gonna go back to the main question. Do you wanna leverage your own home? What happens if your investment property goes sour? What happens if it goes down? Are you prepared to sell your own home and move into, a, into a, an impossible apartment? So you should never fully utilize your own assets or your own cash and your own property. Use it just you know, for the deposit money, but never use it in full to purchase your own, uh, your own investment property. Um, so the fifth idea is the commercial investment property loans, and then the sixth is a portfolio loan. And portfolio loans mean, um, they call it a blanket. You could add multiple properties into one loan. What does that do for the investor? One closing cost, one closing time, one lawyer fee, one loan payment. Uh, typically, they have to be two investment properties or more, $150,000 minimum. So those are for the investors who have a portfolio or want to have a portfolio of at least two properties. So just to reiterate, one closing, one loan payment, you know, two or more properties on there uh, for the sake of uh, having an investment, excuse me, a portfolio, a blanket loan. So now we're going to talk about what a lender, whether you're using or bank or non-bank, what are they looking for? They're looking for what's called debt service coverage ratio. Uh, D, and it's known as DSCR. So what is debt service is if you take the net operating income and then you take the total debt service, you're going to get to a debt, you're going to, excuse me, to, yeah, the total, the total debt, the monthly, the yearly payments will give us the debt service. Now, for the folks who don't know what the net operating income is, let's say your rent is $12,000 a month and your taxes and insurance is six, your net operating income is six. You're netting six on that 12 grand. So what you need, we need to know the income and the expenses. Uh, and that's gonna be the taxes and insurance. And then we're gonna get to that second, you know, over that dividing, which is the total debt service, will be the principal and interest payment. Um, and that's where we could figure it out for you. Or for the folks who wanna figure it out themselves, you can go to Mortgage Calculator on Google, Put in the loan amount, put in whatever rate you think you're going to get. Uh, and it's important to put in, like I said before, the amortization. If you're going to a bank, I want you to put in 20 or 25. And with a non-bank, you put in 30. And you will see that the payments are lower. Okay. So this is an example so everybody can figure out what debt service is. So if you take a purchase price of 250 on a property, 25% um, down, 75% from a lender um, at a 6% interest rate, we're looking at 187,500 that the lender's giving you. They're leveraging you 75% of that 250. 
Um, so for the sake of this training and this webinar, we figured it out already, and we came out to a principal and interest. And I repeat, principal and interest, because with hard money, you're just paying interest only. So here, every month, that 11-24-15 payment is not only going towards principal, it is, excuse me, not only is it going towards interest, it's going towards principal. So there's three things to figure out here that's positive. You got forced appreciation over 27 and a half years. You got passive income coming in every month. And then you got principal payment every, every month that's being paid down automatically by your tenants paying down your debt, not you, your tenants paying down your debt. So we came up with a, you know, just a, you know, a, uh, a figure over here, taxes of 2000, the insurance is $1,200. So we came up to a principal and interest payment of 1124. Now, if you take the monthly income, $1,700, assuming that's the rent, and then the monthly debt, which is 1124, with the taxes and insurance came out to 139082, we're left with we're left with about approximately $400, which is going to be shown on the next page. However, right now, we're not concerned with that leftover. We're concerned with the NOI, which is $1,700 a month, because again, we took the, the, we took the, uh, we took the monthly, uh, we took the monthly payment, divided over the principal and interest payment, we came to a 1.22 debt service. Most non-bank lenders are looking for 1.20. So this is a good loan to be done. Okay. This is a good loan for us lenders to do. We're looking typically for a 1.20. If you do have a loan that comes in at 110, 115, you know, let us know. By the way, what is a 1.0? So I want to give you an example. If you take that monthly debt of $1,400 and the payment supposedly is $1,400, it's 1.0. There's no extra monthly cash flow. But this 1.22 is telling us that there's 22% left over at the end of the, at the, you know, the full, of the, every year on the loan. There's 22% money left over for any reason whatsoever. Your cash flow specifically. Exactly. Okay. So what's your return on the investment? Do I put down all my money? Do I not put down all my money? So if you remember what I said from the onset of this webinar, leverage is king. OPM is what you, everybody should be doing. And because you're, you're, mitigating, you're mitigating your risk, high leverage, high return on the investment. And that's what this webinar is all about to engage. So Return on the investment measures how much money or profit you made on the deal and a percent, on a percentage level. To calculate the percentage of the ROI, we take, now this is an example for cash purchase only. You're not using a lender. We're taking the net profit or the net gain on the investment and dividing it over the original cost. And I'm going to explain it on the next page, but just to explain these two bullets. So if you have a mortgage, you need to factor in your down payment and your mortgage payment. And we're going to show you how that leveraging, you're going to have a higher return on the investment, even though you have a mortgage payment. So other variables to consider when you're looking for, uh, you know, a high return on the investment is repairs and maintenance costs, as well as your regular expenses. The regular expenses, which we discussed, are taxes and insurance, but you will have some repairs and maintenance. What you should put into your uh, equation, I mean, as an, an investor myself, I would say 10% of the rent should go towards repairs and maybe another five, sometimes even 10% towards maintenance. 
Um, you know, there is no real, you know, there is no real rule of thumb. Um, I will say, however, the higher the rents, the higher the percentage you should use, because if it's a high rent, it's you're in a high market. So chances are you may have a high repairs being done, whether it's a roof or just everyday mechanical uh, repairs. Okay, so calculating the return on the investment on rental properties. So like we said, it's on the gain on the investment minus the cash of the investment, and then divided over the cost of the investment. So this above scenario, keep in mind that there are a number of variables that come into play with real estate that affect the ROI, just like I said on the previous page. It could be repairs, it could be maintenance. Can you include all that in there? You should, and maybe you shouldn't. You should know best case scenario, worst case scenario. Um, and like I said, these you know, include repair, maintenance and expenses, and methods of figuring out your leverage, the amount of money borrowing with the interest so you, for the initial investment. Financing terms are greatly affect, go back one second, Max. So like I said before, financing terms greatly affect the overall cost of investment. And we're gonna show you why and how. And by the way, for the folks, if you have any questions, you know, put it in the, uh, what do you call that thing, Max? The raise the hand chat. thing or the chat. And we'll be glad to uh, you know, answer any of your questions after, uh, after this webinar. So this is for the investment, the investors who feel like they wanna, they wanna maximize their risk. They got a hundred grand, they wanna put it into a deal. They don't wanna leverage. And for some reason, they wanna put all their money into one basket and maximize their risk, like I said, you know, like I said before. So assuming you bought the property for a hundred, assuming the closing costs are a thousand, which is not, remodeling costs is $9,000. So what is your total outlay of cash? $110,000. And assuming for this deal scenario that you have $1,000 a month coming in, and that equates to $12,000. Now, what is the fixed fixed expenses? Taxes and insurance. Water bill, it could be, may not be, depends if the tenants are paying it or not, depends if it's your lease or not, if you have separate meters or not. But fixed guaranteed expenses are going to be taxes and insurance. So for this case, we included some extra expenses, and we came out to $2,400. $200 a month. So your net annual return, if you take $12,000 minus $2,400 is $9,600. Now, what did I spend on the deal to acquire it? 110 grand. So if you look at the bottom, I'm netting 9,600. I'm dividing 110,000. My ROI, and this is an important number, is 8.7. Is that good? It's not bad. I'll tell you what the negative is here. You're putting 100% of 110 grand into your own deal. What happens if you find a second deal and you have no more money? What happens if you need to sell the property? Yeah, you could always get your money back. Or what happens if it goes down? Look, we never thought about this pandemic. We never thought about the 2007, 2008 crash. What happens if it went down next year of 10 grand? Guess what? You just lost $10,000 plus closing costs. You, let, you just lost 20 grand. That's what I said before about volatility. So it's better to have less money in less, more leverage, less risk. So now let's go to the next page, Matt. Next. Okay, I'll let you take over this page. Yes, sir. So now we're going to take the same exact example that we did just in the slide before. And now we're going to put it in with financing terms. So assume we bought the same property for $100,000. Uh, but now instead we took out a mortgage. So now we got 80% leverage, which means we put down 20%, which means that my down payment was $20,000. My closing costs are going to be a little bit higher now, so we're accounting for this of, let's just say, $2,500. 
And the reason for that is because there are a couple more costs that you have when closing when you are using a mortgage. Now you paid the same $9,000 in remodeling. So now your total out of pocket expenses is 31,500. We spent 20,000 on the down payment, 2,500 on our uh, closing costs and $9,000 in repairs. Now, remember like my father said a little bit earlier, we have to account now also for our debt payments because it's not free to borrow the money. So now let's assume we took out a 30 year loan at a 6% interest rate which means that I, on the $80,000 that I borrowed, and again, we did the calculations for you already, my payment, my, my, just my principal and interest would be $479.64. And now we're gonna add in the same $200 a month that we figured out for water, taxes, insurance, making my total payment $679.64 every single month. My rent income is the same $12,000, but now my monthly cash flow went down to $320.36. But we have to remember one more thing now. We put in $31,000, which is $70,000 less. So now when we use the same exact equation as before to figure out what our ROI is, if we divide the annual return of, by what I took out of my pocket, which is $38.44, which is how much I will make over the year, uh, that's the $320 a month that we're getting in cash flow times 12 months, and we divide it by the 31,500 that I put down, my ROI increases to a 12.2. Now, not only did my ROI increase, but that same $100,000 that I had to spend to do deals, I can now do three of those deals making me 12%. So now I didn't just make eight, I didn't just make 4% more, I really made four plus 12 plus 12 plus 12, which in this case would be 26, 30% more of my money. So that's some of the that's really the power beyond uh, with leveraging yourself. It's not only on that deal itself; it's also on the amount of, of deals that you're now able to do and how you're able to scale your business. So, so now, other factors. Go ahead. I just want to add something. So Max and and everybody on the team. So if you took the same four deals, you would make twelve percent times four is forty eight percent versus eight percent of one hundred and ten thousand dollars. So. Like Max is saying, you can make 48% on your 110 on four deals versus one deal, 110,000, making 8%. So the number and numbers don't lie. Nope. That's why, you know, and one thing I'll, I'll add into that also is that, you know, we're working in a field of real estate where so many people are willing to put their money out there and help you scale it because it's such a good product. It's something that's always going to be a necessity. If you're looking to invest in something like Bitcoin, like, yeah, sure, you may get, you know, a nice profit here and there, but no one's out there saying, hey, I'm going to lend you money to buy Bitcoin. And that speaks a lot for what you're investing in and what you're working on. So now other factors that we definitely should consider when you are looking at your ROI is your equity market value of the property minus the total loan amount outstanding, right? How much equity do I hold in my property? In the case where you put down 20%, you will have 20% equity in your property, right? And why do I say that? It's because you also don't want to over leverage yourself to a point where you can't exit the property. You always have to have a good exit. So know where your, where your, mar where your market's going. Know if you're going to have higher equity over the next year. If it's going up, is it going, going, is it going to go down? Uh, and down doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It just means you have to be able to hold on to it because your rents will probably increase. Uh, other things to factor in, like my father said, are repairs and maintenance costs, right? So some investors already know what their numbers look like. They have history to look back on and say, hey, my average repairs are X amount and they can use that number. 
If you're new, reach out to someone, ask them what they do based on their location, what kind of property it is. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are willing to share that information with you. Uh, another thing is vacancies, right? How likely is it that my property is going to go vacant? And how, like, how soon do I believe I'll be able to get a new tenant into my property? Can I go vacant for two to three months? And what will that mean to me and my cash flow? Am I going to have to come out of money out of pocket? Or am I in an area where, hey, two weeks later, your property's rented. I, only, I didn't skip a beat. I didn't lose a penny. Well, hey, that's a really good spot to be in. Uh, other things to consider are your mortgage, like we said, right? You have to include, if you are getting a mortgage, you do have to include your principal and interest payments um, and uh, any upfront costs that you do to make sure that you are calculating the correct ROI. So folks, I just want to add something on the first bullet, going back a second, Max, that first bullet, the equity. So in our example, if you notice, we put down 25%, that's already your equity, but there's going to be other equity injections. And what that is, is think about your loan amount the following year is going to go down, which means your equity is, is more. Um, like I said to you before, properties tend to go up 5, 10, maybe 15%. That's, you know, that's equity build right there. And then your depreciation, your forced depreciation, your tax returns, that's also equity right there. So between your principal payment of your loan amount going down, your, the appreciation going every year, uh, that's besides your 25% that you, that you put down on a property. So there's a lot of ways that equity is going to be built on the properties. Absolutely. So now let's talk about some ways that we could find investment properties, right? Uh, there's a, right now we're in a place where there's a lot of deals going out there. I know a lot of people are saying, hey, it's hard to find deals, but we're seeing more deals than ever before. So people are doing them, right? So we got we to gotta get to the source. Uh, the number one way I would say is by spreading the word, letting people know what you do, letting your friends and family know. There's, everybody knows somebody who is eventually looking to sell. So get the word out, use your Facebook page, brand your, your, your business, and let people know that you're in the business of buying houses. Number two, look for ads in the newspaper. Right now, we're in a time where people don't have enough equity to sell their properties with a realtor. So they're looking for places such as newspapers and Craigslist and other for sale by owner methods of how they can get the word out there. And they're looking for you because you are the person that, that is going to give them the cash in two, three weeks, get them out of their property, help them out and move on from, uh, from where they are today. So look out in any place that you could find for sale by owners, whether it's newspapers, Craigslist, uh, even Zillow ads, uh, they're all over the place. Uh, another thing that people do is driving around. They call it uh, driving for dollars. Uh, I used to call it gorilla hunting, uh, whatever name you want to use. It's all, it's all good. But pretty much just drive around, look at properties that, you know, the grass hasn't been kept. The property doesn't look like it's been, it's been good. And that's going to help you notice that, hey, look, maybe the seller's in, in a little bit of trouble. Maybe he's looking to get out of the property. Um, that's a really good method. And we see a lot of deals coming around that way. Um, using real estate websites, such as Real Estate IQ, guys, don't be afraid to spend some money to get deals, right? They are doing the hard work for you. If you don't have the time to go driving around for dollars, you don't have the time to go looking for for sale by owners, and, and you just want to get a list of people that are interested in selling and they're targetable leads, use websites like Real Estate IQ, uh, Foreclosure Daily. They're all over the place. You can find the right, you can find the right source yeah, for I, your deals. I, I covered myself. Um, that mute yourself. Uh, I'm sorry about that. 
networking with other real estate professionals, guys. There is nobody out there that knows real estate like your like like the experienced investors. They know deals. They see deals. There's deals that they cannot do. There's deals that don't fit into their uh, their area of that they work. So speak with them. They always you may find another deal. You may they may be looking for a joint venture. And guys, newbies, you are an opportunity for them. They are always looking for deals. So if you can bring a deal to the table and say, hey, joint venture with me, you brought a value. And for the experienced guys, you're also getting a val- you're, you're also giving a value to the newbies because they need your help to make sure that they're profitable, make, checking over their numbers, checking over that they're not in a bad scenario because there's nothing worse than a bad, a, no deal is better than a bad deal. Uh, and number six, hire a realtor or a wholesaler to help you look around. Uh, that there's a lot of wholesalers right now and agents that ha- that are carrying deals. I hear it all the time. I get texts. I'm in a lot of group messages. There's WhatsApp groups that you could join um, and people will share them with you. So just keep your eyes out, look around. Don't just rely on one source or one method of, of deals. Try to expand your horizon. Try to go out there in as many different places as possible and you will find the deals. Uh, now, just to go, go ahead. Just I, w- I want to add, you know, listen, for the folks out there, if you're just starting out, you got, if you want to be in it, you got to be hungry. You got to be committed. You're going to call a landlord. You're going to call up a realtor once and Max, go back to the screen. And if you're going to call a realtor once or a wholesaler once or anybody once, you know, chances are you're not going to have a relationship build. So keep on calling, keep on looking, keep on doing your research. Don't just drive by an area once and you know, you found one property and you're happy. Be committed, be consistent, be motivated. If you want to get in it to win it, you got, it's hard work. Nothing is easy. So whether it's newspapers, driving around, hiring a real estate, looking up on meetups.com, anything that you're doing, consistency will get you to where you want to be at. Very well said. There is not, there is no work ethic like consistency. Coming in and doing something every day, even if you are the worst at it, you will still be better than someone who does it once in a while. Consistency is key. Um, let's talk now, just really quickly, to go over some of our rental programs. Uh, I'm sorry, our loan programs that we offer. Uh, the first one you see there is what we're speaking about today, which is our Rental 360. It's for your one to four unit properties that are rented. Um, you get, we have seven loan amounts between 75,000, 2 million interest rate started five and a quarter. Uh, that does depend on your leverage, your credit score. So give us a call. If you're not sure where, where, where you would be and you want to get some more information, we could work with you if your credit score is above a 650. And right now our current leverage is 70% for cash out and 75 to 80% for purchases and refinances. You wanted to say something? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you mentioned like it has to be rented. It doesn't have to be rented for purchases. It could be empty. And that's again where a non bank lender comes in. Banks want cash flowing properties. They want to see one year of cash flow, what they call a trailing 12th. They want to see a good property, clean, no deferred maintenance. With a non bank, it could be empty. As long as we have projected income, we're fine. Um, and again, that 650 credit. And like Max said, we can even go up to 80% now for high score borrowers. Correct. Our next program is our no-doc commercial mortgages, which is very similar to the Rental 360, except it's for a different asset. It's for your multifamilies. It's for your commercial properties. It's for your mixed-use properties, anything that's not residential. Uh, we have loan amounts starting at 50000 uh, up to $15 million, interest rates starting at f- uh, 5.75. On our commercial program, we're able to work with 550 credit scores. If you are below that, give us a call, talk to us, let us know your story. Uh, we'll see what we can do to help you out. And our max LTV right now is up to 70. And if you are a high score borrower, potentially 75. 
we do have also our, our hard money programs. So we have our fix and flip and we have our multifamily program where we have loan amounts at 75,000 plus interest rates starting at 8% and up. Uh, we, we work with 650 and above credit scores and we go up to 90% on our fix and flip and 100% of the rehab and on the mixed use or multifamilies will go up to 80% of the purchase and 100% of the rehab. And I just want to add, when it comes to fix and flips, uh, for the folks out there looking to get into it, we can make somebody score, somebody's experience and somebody's money. So if you don't have all the money, give, give us somebody who does. Give us somebody with a better score. Give us somebody with, a, with the experience. And these are three we can mix. Uh, if you are below a 650, talk to us. We're private. We're not institutionalized. We don't have to answer to a committee. It's all our own funds with common sense underwriting. If you have a lower than a 650, before COVID, we were working with 550, but we still have borrowers that are calling us up in the 600s. We'll, we'll give you some ideas and things what to do to get you to a funding and to a celebratory closing. So don't think it's exactly 650. Call us. Let's discuss. We're here to build an investor lender relationship and everybody to create massive wealth in real estate. Absolutely. And speaking of relationships, guys, I, we'd love to connect with you guys further, uh, not just over the phone, but also on our social media channels, on our Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. If you feel you've learned something good from our, from our webinar, if you feel you're able to, uh, to take something home and actually uh, it, it helped you out, let us know about it. Reach out to us. Uh, you have our phone number right here, our email address. You can reach us at 718-285-0806. Our email address is info at expresscapitalfinancing.com. We want to hear your deals. We want to talk to you about it, see how we can help you on not just get the deal funded that you have in front of you, but your strategies to grow and scale your business and where you'd like it to be. And talk to us about it. We're here to help make a plan and make your dream a reality. Um, so by all means, all of our social media channels, you can find us, Express Capital Financing. Very simple, Express Capital Financing. Uh, follow us there, talk to us, engage with us, and we'd love to see your deals and how we can help you out. I think Jefferson's jumping in now. All right, uh, Max and Martin, thank you so much. So my slides are loading, so I'm not really sure what's happening with my slides. But yeah, so thank you so much, Max and Martin. I definitely, um, you know, I know that our attendees have learned a lot from this. And again, everyone, you know, the best thing to communicate and connect with everyone is social media, to be honest. Because, you know, um, a lot of people are in the social media right now young or old or um, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing with your life right now, I know that you are connected with social media. So if anything that you might need with Max and Martin, so make sure to connect with them through social media. And I have, I have posted as well their contact information in the chat box just to make sure that you can connect with them through phone or through email. So make sure to save those. You can just copy and paste them to your computers. So I'm again, I'm not really sure what's happening with my slides, but yeah. So let me just try to share it once more. I hope that you can see that clearly. There we go. Yep. So again, this event is brought to you by Real Estate IQ, providing you with more than 45,000 leads every month. And we guarantee that you will always find a deal with Real Estate IQ. And right now, everyone, is the perfect time for you to post your questions in the chat box in case that you might uh, need some clarifications with what Max and Martin have discussed throughout the webinar. Uh, let us know. Make sure to ask your questions in the chat box or Q&A box. 
so that we can be sure that before we end the webinar, everything is clear for you. So right now, we also appreciate any of your feedback about our webinars, about uh, Max and Martin, so we can be sure that, you know, we can communicate with Max and Martin for, let's say, you have a recommendation, if what topics you might, might interest you in the future. So let us know through that survey. So once you leave the room or once we end the webinar today, you will automatically be routed to a very quick survey. So we appreciate any feedback from you. And also we have posted in the chat box our contact details for Real Estate IQ's customer service. So if ever you have questions about our services or any help that we might provide you with, um, with your comps, with your services with Real Estate IQ, make sure to shoot us an email or call us in the numbers in the screen and save it using by copying them through our chat box. And we guarantee a two-hour response from our team. So also we have freebies. And I, talked, uh, I told you a while ago about our um, raffle promo. So all you have to do is answer this poll on your screen right now to make sure that, you know, we can provide you the freebies, freebies that you might be interested at in the future. So in any case that you missed the 45-minute one-on-one deal finding training, make sure to let me know by typing it in the chat box. Just type in demo, please, so I can save your details to make sure that you can be reserved for our one-on-one -on -one deal finding training. So also, we invite you to join our community portal. As you can see on the chat box as well, we have a community portal for Max and Martin. So make sure to join that community if ever you wanted to do some networking. You know, networking in every webinar is really good just to make sure that, you know, any help that you might need with your co-investors or uh, with our speakers, they can be updated. And also you can do that in our community by posting anything that you might need from other investors. And also you can join realestateiq.co slash events. All you have to do is go to that link so that you can uh, register for our upcoming webinars with our um our programs and also i'll be launching another poll from max and martin they just wanted to know your current experience in real estate and what kind of deals are you looking to do and are you looking to get a pre-approved by ecf and see what terms you qualify for so by answering this poll uh, max and martin can be informed of, of your details as well so I'll, after the webinar i'll be sending the results to max and martin so make sure to let them know by answering this poll right now. And now is the perfect time for you guys to ask your questions through our chat box or Q&A box. And as you can see on the screen, those are the contact details of Max and Martin. And that's also available in the chat box. So all you have to do is copy and paste that. So as I can see, let me just check the Q&A box that we don't have any questions in Q&A box and the chat box most probably you have covered everything and everything is clear to our attendees, Max and Martin. So um, with that being said, before we end the webinar, any last words of advice or tips for us before we end our webinar for today, Max and Martin? Well, you know, my dad always said, you got to spend money to make money, whether you're in retail, wholesale, and us folks in real estate. So for the folks out there looking to get started or already savvy investors, Having a subscription base of generating leads to your phones, to your laptops is most important. Whether you're working, having a full-time job, or whether this is your full-time job, you need a database of information of property leads, after repair values, rental comps, and REIQ, 
has that information for you. It's one of the ways for everybody out there, savvy or newbies, to get started in real estate. Like you said, everything is through, is through uh, social media. Well, you can get all the information on your phone. You could talk to a realtor. You could do drive-bys. But at the same time, having a subscription base right at you, you can identify a good property, and now you can start to do your due diligence and make some money. And if I can add, I guess, my uh, uh, parting words, I would tell you guys that, you know, there's two ways of learning. There's making mistakes and there's learning from other people's mistakes. Having a chance to really learn from other people and hear what deals they do, especially from a, a lender, not to pat ourselves on the back, but we see more deals than anyone else in a day. We get to see what works, what doesn't work, how they made out from a deal. So just informing yourself and all these different types of webinars, especially like Real Estate IQ provides, it's not just from lenders, it's from all different types of investors and, and real estate professionals. Being able to learn from these guys is going to minimize your learning curve and make you more profitable faster. So keep doing what you're doing. If you're listening to the webinar, you're doing the right thing, you're in the right place, keep learning, keep, doing, uh, keep investing, keep hunting, and you will be successful. I totally agree with that. And thank you so much, Max and Martin, for your, um, for your time and sharing and letting our attendees learn from your experiences. And just like what I always say from our previous webinars that, you know, um, attending these kinds of webinars, you know, this is free. This is a great opportunity for you guys to learn from our experts. And if you're a newbie or you're still uh, a start starting with a real estate business, the best thing that you can do is to learn from the experts and our webinars um, offers a lot of experts in real estate business, especially um, our speakers for today, Max and Martin. So uh, make sure to register for their upcoming webinars um, two weeks from now. So make sure to just go to realestateiq.co slash events so you can register for their upcoming webinars. And last thing, if ever you miss the week one, make sure to let me know so I can send you the link through email. Um, all you have to do is send me an email to jefferson at realestateiq.co so I can provide you with the link so to keep you updated with Max and Martin's webinar. So everyone, to all our attendees, thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate your time attending our webinar for today. Max and Martin, as always, we always learn from your insights, from your tips. We thank you so much for your time. Everyone, I thank you so much. Have a great day. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too, everybody. Wonderful night. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.